Live from Rural Pente, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Freezing here. It's it's rather chilly. Um, I, it was getting colder back at home, but this is outright ridiculous. Frigid. Yes. Well, why why did you bring me here, Nick? I, I did not bring you here. This is where the podcast brought us. Oh. The, the podcast <laughs> has a uh, supernatural powers. Apparently. Yes. Well, as long as it doesn't f- start flinging us into the ear and like making lists about everybody we know. Uh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. That, that that'd be good. All those. Yes, but uh, wrong place. We're on rural Pente. Um, <laughs> we had a rather a dreadful time in the commons earlier. Yes, um, we not, got into you got into that fight and you kicked the guy in the in the kneecap. The natives are not too friendly here. We'll just say that. No, no, not at all. So, anyways, but, yes, welcome. This is Derailed Trains of Thought. This is Nick, and this is Tim. In case you've never known us, so. <laughs> Tim, do we have any uh, just kind of news for this week? Updates? Uh, well, I, I don't know that I have much in terms of updates. I know you just had a uh, book signing recently. I had a book signing in here in Kendallville, my first one for uh, The Unremarkable Squire. I actually have one tentatively set up for um, in Goshen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a couple months. We're booked, but that should be fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess this month only, you oh, do yes. a review of The Unremarkable Squire on Amazon. I will write you a flash fiction. Yeah, which uh, you've had one of those so far. I had one of those, and I really had fun. It ended up being about twice as long as the flash fiction. It was it's a good story. So, so the path ends if you want to go check it out. And I have to admit, I I need to catch up on I have some I need to catch up on my Nick Hayden reading. I've been I've been posting quite a bit of stuff lately, actually. You have you had the short story the clock tower, which I still need to read. Yeah. And apparently there's another short story. What was it called again? Uh, the path the the path ends. The path ends. And actually, I have another one typed and just needs one more editing. That's called the behind the curtain. Okay, wow. So, so you have been busy. And I have one in a notebook called like childish fears or something like that. And another one called Twilight Dawn. Twilight but... Dawn. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I, well, I have also been working on book three of Strand Fred. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've been typing up old chapters from my notebooks. Good, good. Because so. I know you, you're going to be doing a Children of the Wells novel. I know. I'm trying. So I'm trying to get some some Strand Fred popped out first. That's that's a good thing. I'm proud of you. Yes. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> so shall we just uh, dive right in here? Yes. Let's uh, jump right ahead here to Story School. I suppose we should also mention real quick that we are still streaming live. Um, for, so if there's anything, you're listening to this through iTunes and you hear anything that's really uh, weird going on, um, that's the live nature of our beast now. Yes, and we've been attempting to get all the uh, wrinkles ironed out. Um, Maybe not entirely successfully yet. But better than last time, I think. Right now, we, hopefully you're not hearing music over top of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think that should be going on. Uh, don't have Aaron interjecting, butting in all the time, but you never know. Yeah, someone might drop by. Someone might drive by, hopefully. That'd be cool. So, um, this actually story school was suggested by our listener, Greg. Yes, he and he suggested this quite a while ago, I think. Uh, I mean, he re-suggested it bef- um, shortly before our um, return last time, but he had suggested the topic of uh, suffering in stories. And, uh, and that's a wide topic, and actually, I'm a... 
qualified to talk about it, considering <laughs> Tim mentioned I was doing a Chiller Wells novel soon. Yes. Um, and suffering is kind of part and parcel of that particular well, episode. Well, especially since it's post-apocalyptic fiction, but that... But, th- but yeah. But without spoil- spoiling thing, we'll talk... We might dance around that one as well. A little bit, yeah. So I, I, I guess I want to first introduce the idea that, obviously, any good story has conflict. Yes. And conflict inherently has some sort of suffering to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so suffering is part of the nature of drama at some point. I mean, so the problem is then, you know, how much suffering do you put a character through? Why do you put them through? I mean, losing a puppy and finding it again is very different than, you know, <laughs> your entire planet being blown up. Yes. Um, which has happened to numerous people in fiction for some reason. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Leia, uh, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure others somewhere. Some, Yeah. It's uh, it's funny too because I remember hearing I don't remember who said this but uh, well actually in one of my classes at uh, at Regent I remember uh, in an online class we had was where people do a lot more you know chatting about themselves in some sense in online classes than maybe you would in a classroom setting but anyway one of the people that was in that online class was a writer and she she said it always strikes me as really funny how i spend you know i can spend so much time thinking about uh, how to put these you know imaginary characters through some of the most awful situations that i would never want to go through myself <laughs> it, it's a weird beast in a sense that's in that you know in that sense because like as a reader or a watcher you want a happy ending but you simultaneously get feel gypped if the character doesn't do suffer some sort of challenge, suffering something. I mean, you don't want him to lose his whole family and lose his arm and you know get cancer and all this other stuff within the you know the whole. Movie. Mm. I mean, that'd be horribly depressing. But <laughs> if all those things happen, yeah, simultaneously, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be the story of Job. That would be the story. He didn't lose his arm, but he could have, I guess. No. Um, but. Mm. I don't know if this is too early to bring it in. So I'll bring it in now, and then we can always... Backpedal. Back, backpedal. No, but I was thinking from a from a Christian worldview, we we tend to believe that suffering has a purpose. Yes. That uh, suffering is not necessarily just useless. I mean, it seems like it sometimes, but that we tend to have the, the belief that God uses sufferings for, or can use suffering for specific purposes. And I think that's not too far off how many writers view it. Mm-hmm. Um, that suffering, you ha- it has some story purpose, and you can, and I think the argument co- comes down to, is that enough to warrant it? You know, because I'll just you know throw out my Battlestar Galactica example again. Well, uh, well, okay. Before we get to yeah. that that side, the Battlestar Galactica side, I, I feel I think you need to talk a little bit about because you have been quite infamous yourself in your own stories of making your characters go through hell, basically. Okay. Well, with Mason actually. Uh, well, Actually, yeah, with at least one character, that's a literal <laughs> yeah. situation. Uh-huh. But uh, let's okay. let's name some of the characters. <laughs> Mason is one. You did also the Wells and the Revolution. Yeah. You've you've done it to Obed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strin it's and Fred have through. both gone through quite a yeah. bit of that. Timothy, not one a character not named after me, but yeah. has an awesome name regardless. That's in the Adventures of Strin and Fred. Obed a little bit. Yeah, I, I, um, not as deep as some of them. And probably I'd say a girl called Snort. Yeah. Maybe not, not, again, not to the same not extreme. Not to the same extent. Um, the same Kalia ex- and Jonah Wells. Kalia, is, definitely. Coming up. 
So, so why? Tell me, Nick, what inspires you to do these things to your what characters? What inspires me to do these things? I am evil. I guess no, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess we should say too. You know, we've named a lot of names. What did they actually go through? Well, let's see. One character fell into like a bottomless pit, and basically, actually, after he had been simultaneously burned, hanged, and poisoned. Yes. Um, another character basically got assigned to be the servant or the prophet to a maniacal king. Who and, hated him. Who hated and him. And liked to make him suffer. Basically. Yeah. Um, Kalia, she had her arm and leg basically burned off. And then and then the only thing she actually valued in life was taken away, away from, from her. her. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, these are Among some... those things. You know, yes. Among, yeah, among other things that happen to my characters. Yes. <laughs> so, now that we've put some situations behind all these names that we threw out there. So, back to the question. Why do you do these well, things? <laughs> what's wrong with you? What's wrong, what's wrong with me? How dare you? Um, I think many times, and I remember talking about this, especially back with Mason in The Revolution, which we need to put out there for people to read at some point. But um, I, I used to talk with people about breaking characters. That it was important. I found that most characters have some sort of flaw. Even mostly good characters have some sort of flaw to them. And until they face that flaw, they can't move past it. Mm. And most people, you don't just say, hey, you're prideful, or hey, you're too timid, or hey, whatever, and it happens, and they're like, oh, you're right, I'm going to change. Most times, they get have to get beat up a little bit, either physically or emotionally, and then they change. And I, I, I guess in my conception of writing many times, yeah, I'm very much a character writer, but to change characters, they have to go through crap, mm -hmm. generally. Um, and you don't want to be... Okay, this is going to sound horrible. Mean. It is mean. I'm horribly mean to my characters. I mean, I just am. <laughs> but I feel like the problem is some of my characters are very... I have a lot of very stubborn characters. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> no implication on the artist. Um, but, and I think that adds a special... You need certain things to come up together to break a stubborn character. Or a character who... You know, no, Timothy from... Uh, Strand Fred from Trouble on the Horizon, and he's still changing in book three. But he's a very timid person, very, he doesn't want to, he's very unsure of himself, and then he's got to be prod into a point where he'll make, you know, take a stand. And that's a very common thing in general for characters to do. You push them to their breaking point, and then they change. But I think, I think putting them through those ropes in a way that highlights their character, and, and, and I guess highlights it not just in the sense of how good they are or how bad they are. You know, because sometimes I think, how they respond to suffering can be a can be a truth even if they respond badly to it. Mm. You know, like given this choice, you know what they should do and then they don't, and that can be a a truth to explore just as well as Strin from Trouble in the Horizon, especially Revenant Dreams. He kind of rebels against this. You know, he knows he should be taken to the Empress. He's wrongly imprisoned, basically, and he doesn't like. You know, he's like, I'm right, and he is right. And so he kind of rebels against it, and he reacts kind of more and more into this, you know, it makes him more self-righteous than he was to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, and that's uh, Babylon 5. You know, all the characters in Babylon 5 go through yes. some sort of breaking. Right. You know, and sometimes it's a very painful breaking, like Garibaldi, when he just go, descends into... Basically loses control. He's a very kind of control freak in a yeah. sense, and then he basically loses all control. He goes into his alcoholism again and everything. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's... it's Horribly sad. Actually, one of the saddest versions of that I ever saw was on West Wing. Drat. What's his name? 
don't know. My, not Toby, but the other big. Anyways, my mom or dad. Anyways, could tell he becomes the alcoholic yeah. again, and the I just I don't I've watched it spottedly, but that one scene when he kind of goes back to the bottle is just it was sad. it was horribly sad, but mm-hmm. it tells you something. And I'm rambling, so you want to interject here? <laughs> well. It, Something that you said made me rem- uh, reminded me of uh, studying the classic Hollywood protagonists, which is th- I think is a phrase I've thrown around here before. But uh, you know, we like protagonists uh, to be you know very driven towards something. They really want to have something, and um, you know, th- and that requires a certain amount of self confidence and determination and stuff. And you know, like you said, and that's. You know, that's one interesting way to play with that, to really make them by really uh, testing them and really going through a rough situation. Um, like you said, breaking them down. That's a good way that, of testing how, you know, how strong are they? You know, they they carry themselves with this much, you know, confidence and bluster. Well, are they really that? Um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I mean, bas- I mean, he's literally broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yes. very physically. Batman, emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Batman's Bane just, you know, snaps in half, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's all, you know, to explore who is he as Batman. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of that. Well, one of the many points of that movie. Um, Because I think you got three levels of conflict. You got conflict that's, you know, challenges you have to get over. And it's more your adventure action movie, you know. Mm -hmm. Like Star Wars. You're not, you're not exploring that much deep inside and breaking down the characters. It's just like, oh, high fires are coming. We'll fight them. We'll, we'll, you know, it's fun. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, the kind of emotional breaking down, physical break, you know. And then there's sort of the the pile on where you just hammer them, kind of just for the drama of it, but not necessarily for the sake of bringing something out of it, just mm. to enhance drama. Yeah. And that annoys me. Okay. When it when done to a certain extent. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now you're getting to the the negative side of bringing too much suffering into yeah. a story. Um, and I think actually that's kind of one of the reasons Greg, knowing Greg, probably why he brought this up because uh, you know he, I know Greg follows comics a lot, and comics are a, certainly an area that they've really been overdoing the darkness aspect for for quite a while. I mean it's it's gotten worse with DC more recently, but it's been uh, it used to be that DC. I I would say one of the reasons I prefer DC to Marvel is I felt DC was more optimistic in a sense. Yeah. And it's not really, I can't really say that's the case well, anymore. And the pro, the tricky part with comics is that you can't do the breaking down with moving characters forward when you got to keep this character moving constantly. Yeah. I mean, there's no end point. Mm-hmm. And so it gets really tricky. So sometimes you just make, put them through junk. They come out of it, beat down. They've kind of built this else. You put them through junk. They get beat down. Yeah. I mean, that's the story of Wolverine. Yeah. I mean. Well, it's, it's the story of a lot of, I mean, like I read... I think I read about un, like 110 issues or issues of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man through the trade paperbacks just because I had access to them and I was enjoying them. But after about that point, I think it was like they did their version of the Clone Saga, which, I mean, to their credit, they really simplified the Clone Saga because I think the Clone Saga was originally like took place over a couple of years and they managed to condense it down to a trade paperback. Nice. So... Kudos to them for that, at least. But still, at that point, I just felt like Peter Parker had just gone through so much junk. His life was a mess, and he didn't really seem all the better for it. And I guess that's, I think, as a viewer, I think sometimes where some of us dislike that sort of suffering because you want suffering to have some sort of goal end, some sort of purpose, some sort of, okay, this is horrible, but is it revealing to us something about the character, about the world, about, or is it just to keep the story going. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's the rough part about comics, because like in a novel, you have limited time or a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like I know you've said Battlestar Galactica. I, I, I always I always felt like Battlestar Galactica had a lot of really good stuff about it, but it felt like they liked to like that drama equaled suffering. Basically, oh, we're gonna make this even worse for them just so that we always feel like nothing's good happening and adds to the mm-hmm. atmosphere and the tension. And I, that didn't play for me. Yeah, you kind of get the sense sometimes, you know, writers get the I, you know, they get it hammered into, into them that story has conflict. Story is conflict. If your character's, you know, is, you know, going through something, you know, add it, add it on, make it worse, you know, kind of increase the stakes. Which in general, those are good things. But if it's, again, we it all comes back down to purpose. If there's yeah. if there's no purpose for if it then it just kind of becomes a story click you know click off this is what ha- should happen in the story here because that's what the formula says and maybe it's just because obviously you you know okay random example i was watching world war z mm-hmm. um earlier in the week which i really enjoyed but you know they start going one way and you know and this always happens in a good well written movie you know here's the plan and then within two minutes the plan disintegrates and it twists and it twists and it twists and in that way, you know, the conflict, you want to keep changing up. You want you don't want it to be a straight line. You want it to go all over the place. And I think sometimes emotionally they try to do that. But I don't know that it works the same way emotionally. Where you keep Here's what I want. You know, my goal is it's like the love triangle. I go mm. with this girl. Yeah. And then, you know, twist, 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 twist for four seasons. Mm-hmm. And you're like, do I, you know, it almost feels like being played with as a viewer or yeah. a reader as opposed to being on the path with them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And maybe and maybe that's the difference, and and that's kind of a, a subjective difference. But whether you feel compelled that okay, trust the writers, I'm going to go with this journey, or at some point you're like, this journey's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I've I've encountered that. I, I remember uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which I felt that way. Which the I know I've complained to you. <laughs> it's one of the few books. This was like one of the first Star Wars books, but it's one of the few books that I actively disliked that I, I mean there well i should say that that's uh not the first book that I, one of the few books that i read for pleasure like outside of school that yeah. i actively dislike there's all kinds of books i read for school that i dislike test of the Durbervilles. <laughs> out of africa <laughs> oh man but anyway yeah because in uh splinter of the mind's eye luke and leia land, crash land on like this swamp like planet and it's just a whole it's a miserable trek from start to finish in my opinion it, it, you're you're slogging through the book yeah basically it's like it's all survival stuff none of the you know fantasy adventure stuff is just like survival and yeah. slogging and yeah so what do you think and i don't know if there's a good answer for this in a in a general sense well in a specific sense or general anyways what do you think are maybe some guidelines we can use to make suffering that's helpful because obviously you can make it horrible i mean i've broken characters arms you know i've brought them to the inch of death i've killed them you know brought them to hell and back brought them to hell and back barth room and back um so what do you think you know we could give someone who's writing like how far should and i think it partly depends on the genre and the, on the atmosphere that the reader knows up front i mean if you're writing a, a tragedy is going to be a tragedy. I mean, I don't, I used to think, I used to kind of run around thinking all stories should end, end with hope because that's from a Christian point of view. And I still hold that that's a generally true statement, but I think it might be more true that all stories should end with truth. Because I think tragedies kind of do a reverse slap in the face to show you something. Mm-hmm. You know, Macbeth and stuff, you show sure. you the yeah. the consequences of things. 
properly. And maybe, you know, sometimes that's the problem when bad things happen to good people relentlessly. Mm -hmm. Like, these consequences don't add up. As opposed to when Londo ends up in a horrible state. You're like, okay. I mean, I don't like it, but... He did sort of deserve it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's sort of... Mm -hmm. Maybe that's some of the differentiation, too. That's certainly part of it. I mean, you have to bear in mind who your character is. Like, if you have a character who starts off that's very, you know, very, very prideful or very um, heart of stone sort of thing, or what's the better word I'm trying... Uh, what what's what what does Exodus say? What what God did to Pharaoh's heart? Um, harden um, his heart. Harden his heart. Yeah. yeah. If a character like that, you're gonna have to take up do a lot of breaking to yeah. really get through them. Um, well, which is why a lot of my bad stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have very you have extremely hard hardened yeah. characters like Kalia or Makalos yeah. that would require lots of breaking yeah. to get through to them. On the other hand, if you have a character who's trying to be good, like say Spider Man, <laughs> then why the heck are you, you know, at some point you want to be able to feel like he's getting rewarded, that he yeah. can that he can still enjoy being a superhero. Because right now, very few superheroes actually like being a superhero. Yeah, yeah, because Spider-Man's whole setup is to be kind of snarky and fun-loving and, mm-hmm. yeah. Depending on which version well, you read. Okay. In some I, versions, I haven't read it's, many modern ones. <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, in, in some versions, it's to make Peter Parker just as miserable as possible. I, I, yeah. I really think that's some people's goal. The other thing I'd say is know know your medium. Know know what kind of story you're trying to do. If people, I mean, people have a threshold. I think for for the the show, whatever they're watching. Like for instance, if the movie has Mel Gibson in it, you know it's going to be painful. <laughs> yes, you you know the character will be tortured. Yeah, one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, and I keep going back to comics, but it's just because it's kind of the most notable example of doing this wrong right now comics graphic novels they've got a wide spectrum but at some point you got to remember that you are writing about people who dress up in funny costumes and fight bad guys the watchman <laughs> okay okay or just watchman i guess okay well see watchman though at least has you know a separate it's a it's a standalone series it's a mini series well, it's not like an early ongoing... on they establish the fact this is not your daddy's comic book <laughs> right no no granted granted but uh when, i mean if you think about most comic books are probably not appropriate for kids 12 and under no not anymore no and that's kind of it's a bizarre state that we're in i know there was a there's a comment from someone at dc apparent that someone had said that raised a huge uproar and that they said uh to someone and then later they kind of reinterpreted it as like, well, this is what I, he actually meant stuff for. But someone said that, like, uh, we make our comics for 40 year olds, because if you want to write something kitty like that, go do Scooby Doo. So and that was kind of the gist of it. And then there was this big outcry against it. And the and the very fact that there was kind of that because that's ridiculous, yeah. um, because you want to be able to market your superhero comics to all people. So but things like this are why the industry is kind of in trouble. And then there's literary books, which I only hear like secondhand from summer, but you know, where, you know, just be going along and then like some random act of horribleness will happen, like kill Mm -hmm. the person, you know, the one person they've been trying to get together with and it just, oh, and it ended. Yeah. And to me, that says more about your worldview than anything else, but. Well, and the thing is, things like that happen, but it seems like that should be the stuff that happens at the beginning of your story that you deal with. Mm -hmm. Because I think there is a lot of benefit to seeing how characters deal with suffering. Mm-hmm. If 
that's if that's what you, you know the sort of story you want to write. Yeah. But I don't I don't much care for stories that end with suffering, mm-hmm. unless of course you're uh, Terry Gilliam and you want to end a movie with a Brazil, which I mentioned. I think I mentioned on here before. You have. Yes. Which um, his happy ending for Brazil is the man going insane. Yeah. So. But, but that's Terry Gilliam. <laughs> well, and you're kind of set up for that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a dark comedy. It's a dystopian yeah. sort of. It's a black comedy, very much. And, you know, and there are times where you may be, I think you could go a little darker than, you know, kind of skirt the boundaries. I mean, the thing about, like, Battlestar, Star, Battlestar Galactica, I mean, you do have the possibility, that is a meaning where people, you know, kind of do expect some dark stuff. Yeah, I mean, you need it because, I mean, it's set up in a, you know, we are the last people, we're being attacked all the time. You want, you want the stakes to be real, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes just, like, there's suicides and drugs. I mean, it just it was just relentless mm-hmm. sometimes, um, and that's I think what got me. Mm-hmm. And it it's that fine balance is is in terms of you know. And some you, people eat that up. Some people oh, love yeah. just as much as much. If you're more in some ways, if you're empathetic and you like to kind of feel that. Yeah, there's there's a certain amount of taste involved. Yeah. Certainly. But to me, I'm just like, why? <laughs> She's like the only good person in the show and she'd come into suicide or whatever, you know. Yeah. For no, like, with no setup. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might have been a little. I don't remember now, but. Anywho. So I think that's probably about the end of our. I think that's, I think we've summed up in a very long, in our typical long-witted nature. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are we ready for the next segment then? Yes. So we need a soundtrack. Right, we're back, and I think we're going to start with your soundtrack, actually, Timothy. Oh, yeah, that's right, we are. Okay, so um, for my soundtrack, I'm going with another selection from Balance and Ruin, the awesome OC Remix uh, Final Fantasy VI album. Very, very awesome. This one is called... Uh, hang on a second. Ascension of a Madman, no. <laughs> I want to throw my Kefka in there today. This one is called A Tranquil Rest, uh, which doesn't sound like it has much to do with suffering, but the original song is called, from the uh, original soundtrack, is called Rest in Peace. And I think this is basically from the time when the uh, world was basically ending. Oh, isn't it when he died, too? The, the death music? Oh, maybe it is the dying music. Well, it's still suffering. In either case, yeah, it still it still it still works. And this is remixed by a guy called Forrest Powell, who apparently I think lives in Fort Wayne, not too far from yeah. us. So, so maybe we'll have him on the show sometime. That'd be awesome. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. That'd so, be awesome. All right. So anyway, this is a tranquil rest.
So, okay, we're back from the song. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, so we're going to now go into a section we haven't done for a while called Crackpot's Corner. Okay, now that we're actually recording again. So this is our uh, section where we, well, how we used to do it, we'd come up with some crazy idea and just kind of talk about it. You know, what if we did such and such a thing? Yes. It was uh, before we actually had a section called What If. if but. Yeah, but... Um, and like Tim had the, it was the game show where it was like a action adventure sort of escape building. Mm-hmm. I watched, it was kind of fun. I mean, it's just kind of there. Um, who done it? Did you hear about that? It's yeah. a reality TV oh, show. I did hear like a, a murder mystery. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it was kind of, I mean, it won't get another season, but it was kind of fun. Just, it was almost more fun kind of seeing how they set things up and, and some of the logistics of it. Uh-huh. But it was. It was entertaining. I, I was tempted to watch that, but it was one of those things I just never got around it, it, to. I wouldn't have ha- it would happen to be recorded at Zach's or somewhere, and I watched it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yes. So. Okay, but anyway, the way we're kind of retooling this is uh, occasionally you, you find out about weird stuff on the internet. Things or- that are just like, that exists? Huh? So this is Crackpot's corner in a sense that these other people were Crackpots to think this up. And, and we'll say, hey, let's go with it. Yeah. <laughs> So um, this is, of course, from Tim. It has to do with Muppets. Yes. And I tweeted about this. Um, I tweeted about this on Twitter, which is where you do such things. <laughs> Not just on your street corner. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> but, uh, Retweet. And then someone does it again. Is yeah. what, you know, tweet. You know, yeah. Tweet. Tweet. tweet and we tweet. Tweet. We're on a boat. <laughs> tweet fell off. Who was left? <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> that was random. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so in this case, in this case, the bizarre thing I found out is that apparently um, there is a new form of perfume now that is inspired by the Skeksis from the Dark Crystal. I am not making this up. Okay, you got to read this line. This is fabulous. <laughs> okay. And this this comes to us through uh, Tough Pigs, the uh, a, a great uh, Muppet fan site. And uh, the the columnist says, do you ever say to yourself, you know, I'd like to pay for the opportunity to smell like an evil lizard creature with my society's recognized currency, if only the opportunity would present itself. If so, really? I mean, really? Hey, to each his own. Also, you're in luck because that's exactly what's happening. Weirdo. Did they actually make this scent? Yes, they actually made. Well, there's there's actually like five of them based on different Skeksis. Different Skeksis. Skeksis. Yes. Okay. Dark Crystal. If you guys have not seen, don't know what the Skeksis is. They're these evil lizard creatures. They're kind of vulture-like. Yeah. And they're pretty disgusting and yeah. frankly terrifying even to adults. Yeah. Um. And apparently, you would like to smell like one. Yeah. And uh, they named them at like they actually have named these different scents after the different. Uh, some of the different characters. There's Skegzok, the ritual master, which, <laughs> according to the description, has an incense of deception. Frankincense Opanax, I don't even know what that is. Hyssop Chapaca and Opium Poppy Accord. <laughs> opium. Mm. <laughs> then there's uh, Skiyong, the Garethan master, which has the aroma of brute force and destruction. <laughs> Uh, vets, vetiver, smoke, steel, and dragon's blood resin. Which <laughs> I would love to know what that smells like. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's Sektek. Where do you find dragon blood at this age? And then there's Skektek the scientist. Uh, metal and stone beams of dark light. <laughs> stone beams of dark light. That is a, quite a phrase. Hyssop, black currant, black viola, passion flower, and myrrh. Okay, so the last part doesn't sound too bad. Then there's Skinad. So, so, the... so like 
like Mary and Joseph took some of their stuff and make Skeksy perfume. You know, I guess uh, big market back there in Herod's day. I get yeah. Herod probably smelled like Skeksy. <laughs> he probably <laughs> <laughs> probably does. He might sm- he might like this one too from uh, Skekna the Slave Master. Ooh. The essence of vile gluttony, an abundance of spices, sweet cakes, <laughs> thick creams, and opulent liquor liqueurs mixed with a sense of whip leather and rust <laughs> rusted padlocks. <laughs> whip leather, yeah. Oh, for the everyone who wanted to smell like a uh, dominatrix or, yeah. or a Skeksis or something. They need candles of these. <laughs> That's disgusting. <You> know. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually, I think it's a little creepy, too, that they, they call it the essence of vile gluttony. If you know anything about Dark Crystal, essence is... Ugh. I'm not sure I would want to smell like that, because yeah. that's a little creepy. Um, I, the funny thing is, this is not the first this time... This is not the funny thing? Well, okay. <laughs> there are a lot of funny things. Actually, I'm my, my biggest question is, why just Skeksis? There's not a Dark Crystal-based perfume off of like the Mystics, or the Geflings, or the Pod people. See, those might be actually like... Oh, Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling a little mystic right now. Yeah, pod people, I'm, I'm feeling. Who's, who, who, who wants to smell like a Skeksis? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Not in the right mind. I don't know. Not in the right or mind. Their left mind. Now, the funny thing is, this is not the first time that there has been a line of perfumes based on from Jim Henson okay. things. <laughs> well, now, like well, Muppets and perfume are not the first things that go together, unless you say Miss Piggy. Yeah, there was a Miss Piggy. Okay, one. I can kind of, I can kind of get that. That makes sense. Um, there was a Fraggle no Rock. There, <laughs> there was a Fraggle Rock one, which you know. Uh... Okay. Okay, kind of. So there were like, so like radishes kids are ha- having perfume. More okay, more like the the ones who were kids in Fraggle Rock. Oh, okay. It's, oh, it's later than. No, this came out like a few years ago. Oh, okay, okay. So like yeah. the garbage people and stuff. <laughs> I don't know about the the, the trash heap. I don't think there's <laughs> one of that. But there was also a labyrinth themed one. Oh boy. Um, unfortunately, there was no bog of eternal stench. Uh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Only you have to buy it once. Yeah, but apparently it included things like uh, fairy bites, goblin cider, uh, hobble, and of course Jareth had his J- own. Yeah, Jareth would have to have his own uh, perfume. Yes. I, but okay, who who's sitting around? Perfume's not like it's not like your normal run the mill thing to make stuff out of, especially like franchise. Franchise, kind of. yeah. So who's sitting around saying the labyrinth would make a great way to make perfume? I mean, I've I, never sat around and been like. You know, I just watched this movie. I wish it could smell like the main character. Yeah. I I have absolutely no idea. Although I do know, again, Jim Henson Company has done some odd marketing-related things um, besides perfume before. If you follow um, uh, Jim's Red Book, which is a Twitter feed that uh, does some neat thing, like Because Jim Henson used to keep kind of this journal of entries. And so it has a lot of neat information about... The Jim Henson Company's past and you know his history and all that. Um, apparently, around the time Dark Crystal came out, they did they they attempted kind of a fashion line sort of thing of like high end fashion yeah. and stuff, which you know to I a kind of to a certain high extent, end fashion can kind of go with it. Well, you know, high end fashion is kind of weird anyway. Yeah. I don't really know who buys it, but. You know, and the Dark Crystal does have a very distinctive art style yes. to it. Even so I can kind of, yeah, it is a very distinctive art style. You could play it in other artistic media. Yeah, it would fit in pretty well. Like if you wanted to do, say, a masquerade party of some sort, you know, because yeah. those tend to be <laughs> kind of. That's the labyrinth. That is labyrinth. But Jim, Jim loved those things yeah. anyway for some reason. Um, so 
So, Tim, what, what, if you had, a, if you could make perfumes of any sort of book or movie, what would you do? Oh, man. I, I'm not, I haven't, I knew we were going to talk about this, but I haven't really thought that far ahead into it. I would say, actually, I think Narnia might be really good. Oh, that would, I would actually probably go with that. You, you know, know, Queen Susan, Queen Lucy themed. Fawn. Fawns, sure. You know, I'm sure all admit, the. Yeah, uh, a Turkish Delight. Turkish Delight, yeah. yeah. I could see Narnia having a pretty good line of. You no. Know, Always winter. That's a nice, oh, fresh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nice. That could fresh also be fragrance. a gum, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I suppose if you wanted to get really far out there, you could do like some underground, you know, related to the silver chair. Those weird. You need underground... a puddle glum one. <laughs> it, it, it's like you're. It's like you're. De- you're depressed. You're depressed. Put on this perfume. <laughs> Your own, yeah, a unique scent for that. Oh, the. Um... Some of the Aslan's land. Well, I don't know if that would work, but <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking like uh, you know some of the islands from Don Treader. Don Treader would be nice. Yeah. The, you know you've got some you know some fresh flower scents that yeah. you could tie in. I, I, yeah, I think that's a I, that's better than Skeksis. Better than Skeksis. <laughs> I'm sure we could think of a lot of that are better than Skeksis. <laughs> um, you know, for that matter, Middle Earth. You could do some interesting. Oh, you know, Urk High. <laughs> I was thinking elves. Oh, like okay, okay, you can go with the the sense of leaves and and uh, fresh so dew. So you don't want you don't want you don't want like a starlight essence of shalab or anything <laughs> like that. No. Or put on if you're feeling you know if you're feeling down, put on some gum gum <laughs> <laughs> and feel and feel like fresh like fish all day. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to smell like golem. No, I I'm sure they don't. A lot of fish. Yeah, a lot of fish and mud and worms. I'm and pretty worms. sure is what it would smell like. Um, or if you're ready to get feel a very uh, earthy essence of tree beard. A tree beard. That would I like. Yeah, tree beard would be nice. Uh, for moss, mossy and oak and uh, maple and Sam's Oliphant Holiday. <laughs> See, you're keep, I'm trying to think of actual ones I might want to smell. You, you try to, th- you're trying to think of the most bizarre ones. No, well, no, that one could be kind. Of, it's, it's kind of exotic. It's kind of African, and I would not want an elephant or an elephant. No, 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 no. But Sam's perception of them. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like adventure in a bottle. Okay, I guess I could see that. I tell you, that or it could be cologne. It could be. It would probably have to be cologne. Yeah. yeah. For that matter, actually, I'd love to see a, a Hobbiton cologne. Uh, yeah, it's very... probably smell like uh, ale and and, um, and and fresh mowed grass. Fresh mowed grass and uh, what's the what do they smell? On the pipe, yeah. The the uh, is it pipe weed? Pipe weed, yeah. Yeah, that sounds bad in, I, nowadays. But... I, that would be. I, I'd buy that. That'd be that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be a good cologne. Again, candles. Candles are the way to go. Candles, yes, exactly. I like that. Yeah, that, that could so. work. I think of other popular franchises that we could. Evangelion. Evangelion. Ah, <laughs> the, the, the aroma of fresh blood. Fresh blood. That, that's that's it. That's all you need. Fresh blood. Lots of it. And lots of tears. Oceans of it. Uh, fresh blood and tears. Blood, fresh. <laughs> if you think if you think your life's bad, smell this. <laughs> it's like it's like almost a medicine. Like you're depressed. Here, wear this perfume every day, and you'll feel tons better. <laughs> oh dear, that's 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 terrible. Okay, Iron Man. Iron what inside the suit? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like steel and wires. Oh, okay, and... like that, like that ionized metal sort of. I, yeah, exactly. Like working in uh, Tony Stark's uh, okay. shop, basically. Okay. 
So a real manly well, smell. Well, you just call it Iron Man. And, you know, it's like you can have like Axe commercials. And, you know. There you go. All the women might cling to you. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, that, that makes that'd sense. Be, that would be cool. Um, let's see. Okay, what about Avengers for that Avengers. matter? I'm not. I'm not sure. I, don't know. I, I doubt that the good Hulk would make a good one. No, it would be green. But... <laughs> you could probably smell. You could it probably just smells angry. <laughs> you could probably sell a Loki one nowadays. Yeah, I like a few years ago never would have thought that, but apparently Loki is. And it needs to come. The bottom needs to look like a little, like little is horn helmet, just yeah. like a little version of it. Yeah, have you know the big arc, the big like... arc thing. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be good. That makes that makes sense. So yeah, if I was more clever, I'd come up with another one, but nothing comes to mind. I don't know if I need any sort of like. You really just you need know. like think of the last franchise you saw. So okay, World War Z. What would World you... War Z. <laughs> Dead bodies. Uh... <laughs> see that's not. See that's just sad. <laughs> that, yeah that. That is pretty sad. Just massive amounts of dead okay. bodies and burning flesh. And, you know, okay. Well, I think we've milked this joke far enough. Yeah. So, since we since we have a little. So, but what? Here's what. If you go to, if you listen to this, please comment. Go to derotrendsofthought.blogspot.com uh, mm-hmm. and give us your dream franchise perfume. Yes. Like Who... Inception. I think Inception needs to have a perfume. <laughs> you smell it, and then you don't. Not sure you smell. It, you smell something underneath it. And then you throw something else in underneath that. <laughs> It'd be a very uh, ambiguous a very sense. ambiguous, subtle, subtle smell. You know, the funny thing is, I'm sure people will come up with one with other perfumes that actually exist. Well, that's that, true. Like, We're not, I'm not, you know, you may not believe this. I don't know much about the perfume world. <laughs> or cologne. Or, or cologne or uh, anything that smells Because, like, I wouldn't, all. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was, uh, say, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Sense out there, probably. Yeah, savvy. There, there. He's very savvy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, if 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 Miss Piggy and all these other, if Skeksis have a perfume, have, they're, they're, that seems like the line of like the beginning. He's like, if Skeksis have a perfume, dot dot dot, and you just fill in the blank, <laughs> then why internet, not? Internet meme. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> then why not Winnie the Pooh? Why? <laughs> the, the, the scent of honey. Scent of honey. Why not? And thistles and, and, thistle and acorns and, and yeah. I don't know. See, that's pleasant when you talk about it like that. Yeah, exactly. See, you make good sense. I just make <laughs> weird ones. I make sense? You make sense, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so uh, that's uh, about the show today. We had such a uh, long one last time. I think it's okay to wrap up with a short one. And you do have a long soundtrack at the end of that's today's true. episode. So. It, it, it's rocking, so I, I, I think you'll forgive me for it being five plus minutes yes and, and you can always just tune out if you're done you know there won't be anything at the end except well there might be a moment of zen yes we might have a moment of zen so um so we'll work on that okay um should i introduce it uh first make sure let's make sure we've given them the contact info okay yes you can get a hold of us at uh at gmail.com have we checked that email lately um, I did last month actually when I oh, was. Oh, last month. Okay, so we're probably good. <laughs> when when we were getting ready to launch, I checked it then, so okay. I should probably check it again afterwards. Um, and you can also visit our blog. Yes. Zerotrendsofthought.blogspot.com. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already. And currently, we'll be doing live streaming about once a month, about every f- every four Thursdays. Yes. I mean, because not technically a month is every. That's true. It's not always necessarily exactly a month apart. So yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So, anyways, the song you're hearing 
is no, they're, no they're hearing they're hearing our theme Actually, oh okay one other thing we should say we should plug in here um don't forget to also be visiting children of the wells uh, yes we really need to put do a better job of explaining this to people but it's really a lot of neat stories going on right now or if you're and it's easy to catch up at this point yes you can download thing for your because we just pleasure. we just finished serializing uh the fall of the house of kaiser as of we're recording that's uh that just wrapped up yep and the doctor's assistant has like two, three chapters. Two, two three weeks left. Okay. So. And that's a, that's a very good story. We have another story coming uh, late October. That should mm -hmm. be quite exciting. Um, good time to catch, get on the band wagon. It's a character-focused, um, post-apocalyptic fantasy. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Okay, Nick, now you can introduce your song. Oh, finally. Okay. <laughs> Since you're um, the host. I thought, <laughs> tonight, I thought, I just, the song came out blue, and I thought, well, since we're talking about suffering, this title worked. So it's called, And In Her Self-Loathing and Despair, She Found Wrath, um, remixed by Louisa, and it's a song from Chrono Trigger, and it's Always uh, a great kind choice. of, uh, you can't go wrong with Chrono Trigger. No, so. absolutely not. That's All right, you landlubbers, thank you for listening to Derail Trains of Thoughts on this Talk Like a Pirate Day, or at least so it be when we be recording. I, I had to throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, I, I can't do pirate, but that was a good pirate. Oh, thank you very much, laddie. <laughs> now get me off this cold planet you got me on here. It's not to my liking. <laughs> well, we can do that. All, All right. right. Well, this has been Nick. And this has been Tim. That's all we've got. Adios. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>